Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Sylvie, and we're not cross-talking with Carmen and Yurko. It's we Tyler can do cross-talk with ourselves. Pat the designer. We've also got Kev Bo, Charlie Bevins here, and we've made a decision, fellas. We're we're finally gonna pull pull the trigger on that pizza. Can we too. can we uh, do breaking news on that? Is that breaking news? <laughs> is, that, is that breaking? Is that news breaking worthy? news at all? I'm hearing reports that we can confirm a pizza. Do we have sources close to the situation? This oh. is breaking news <laughs> on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Sources confirming. We now turn it over to veteran newsman Charlie Bevins. Well, Charlie, what do you have for us? A little Paisano's action is what I'm hearing uh, <laughs> from sources close to the situation. It seems like there is growing momentum inside the building for Paisanos. Somebody text Sham Sharani and confirm that. <laughs> All right, so looking forward to, to that. <laughs> that. That's coming up soon. That, that's how you start a new year that's right there. That's yeah, not bad. That's how you start a new year Pizza right there. action? I'm not Although bad. I had pizza last night, too. So, uh, who cares? Who cares? Who Me, cares? too, actually. <laughs> And tikka masala. I did 1 a.m. tikka masala. Did you really? Yeah, 1 a.m. tikka masala. I don't know why I did it, but it Mm -hmm. was not a bad decision. Okay. It and it hasn't come back to, to bite you no, in the morning no, no, no. or anything it's like a, that? I, I'm pretty good with the with the uh-huh. spice. I'm I'm half Italian, half black. I, I, I got spice covered. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of, like, seasonings and hot sauce. There you go. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, you, I, I got you, it covered. Yeah, you're, you're good on that front right there. All right, we've been talking a lot of bears with you here on ESPN 1000. We just heard from head coach Matt Eberflus. A couple of things that I thought really stuck out. First of all, uh, no injury updates on anything there. I think the one that we're really monitoring for Sunday is... Is Cole Komet um, and Jalen Johnson too. We saw yeah. Jalen Johnson leave the game early. We saw Cole Komet only play a handful of snaps in that game as well. So those are kind of the injuries there. I thought he was. I thought he he brought up a good point though about Getsy too, and like, and I think the same works for Fields too. Like, there's plays where Fields gets none of the credit but did everything right. Yeah, Tyler Scott is a perfect example of that one, right? Robert Tutton. And Robert Tutton, yeah. Like, <laughs> Tyler Scott again. And, and Tyler Scott again Bayless yesterday. There, there, were, there were some plays that were made by the quarterback that he's not going to get any credit because it goes down in the book as an incompletion yes. and not maybe a 30-yard touchdown. Same goes for Luke Getze, right? Like, Luke Getze, there are plenty of plays that he draws up. I think one that sticks out to me is the fourth and one that he called against Cleveland. Yeah. Couple weeks ago, really good play, really good play. Mooney make Ma- a block. <laughs> Mooney make a block, or Justin throw the ball to DJ Moore there, and, yep. and you've got you've got a positive gain there. Um, but instead, it goes down as a failed fourth down and effectively a turnover. Yeah. So it, it's it works both ways. You get all you get none of the praise and all of the blame is kind of the the role you're in as coordinator. And Matt Eberflus kind of spoke about that as from the window that he's been in before where he's been a defensive coordinator and he's going to get all of the blame yeah. at times for, for poor play calls. Like, listen, you're, you're calling plays, right? You're not going to hit a hundred percent of them. Um, Just don't drop Justin Jones back in coverage. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't care if everybody has that in their system. I don't mm-hmm. need you to call it. It's resulting in 14. Points. Yeah. Well, and def- <laughs> maybe don't call it on, on that play in particular too. Um, in, in that situation. But I, I look at everything that. That Luke Getze has done this year, it's not as bad 
as people have said it is, it's not as good as maybe some of it has, some of it we were talking about last year. Like, this was a guy we thought was such a good coordinator last year that he was going to bolt for a head coaching job. There was even talk in this town, should we bounce Matt Eberflus and promote Luke Getze to head coach? I'm not going to lie to you, though. Like, the thing for me with Getze that is the most concerning is, like, again, are we finishing out the season looking better offensively? Yeah. Are we getting to the fourth quarter of games? And in this game, right, we finally close it out, right? I guess against Arizona, we technically did as well. But that second half left a lot to be desired offensively, 100%. But are we going to take another step back? Because it took us six weeks to figure it out. Right. And the problem in, in your first year, 100 percent takes you six weeks to figure it out. You got a brand new quarterback, brand new system trying to implement things. Not a lot of weaponry out there. I get it. Let's do it. Boom. We're all. All right. Getsy, he's figured it out. Why did why did we take such a step back? Why did we take such a step in the wrong direction? Because all the investments that this Chicago Bears team made for the most part this offseason, except for right the linebacker room. We're on the offensive side. They mm-hmm. focused on getting DJ Moore here, getting Darnell right in the draft, right? Like you were trying to build up your offense so that Justin Fields didn't have any excuses coming into this season. And we started off our first three games of the season looking completely unprepared. Our fourth game, we looked better, but then again, coaching decisions kind of take you out of that one. You get to a, you're up 28 to three at one point, 28 to seven at one point in that game. And, and you start going the other way. And I think it, it's, Yes, they're moving in the right direction, but you have to take everything into account. Legitimately, two of the three games, you can look at coaching decisions and say you lose those games. And you know what happens if you win two of those three games? You're in the playoffs. Yeah, And because you would have beaten Detroit twice, mm-hmm. you're in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a completely different conversation. We're not sitting here talking about replacing Justin Fields. We're not sitting here talking about moving on from the head coach. We're not sitting here talking about moving on from the offensive coordinator. We literally were at points where we were like, well, they all just saved their jobs here. And then you let the, the, the bottom fall out, basically. Right. Like, I think that's the thing for me with coaching, that when I look at what the next step has to be, and I think they're they're taking steps in the right direction. The biggest question going into next year is if you bring in a new quarterback or keep Justin Fields, mm-hmm. is Luke Getzey going to take step back steps backwards like he did this season? Yeah, or or is Luke Getzey even going to be back next year too? Like there is a world that exists where Eberflus is back, Fields is back, but you have a new coordinator, and yeah. that's I think. The situation, if you're the Chicago Bears, you cannot fall into that one right there because what offensive coordinator are you going to be bringing in? Because now you're talking about Justin Fields learning another new offense. You're talking about how appealing is the job because whether or not like you want to bring back uh, Matt Eberflus or not, he's going to be on the hot seat next year if things don't go right. So if you're an offensive coordinator, is that the ship you want to tie your sail to right there? Like, you want to go to a situation where you know the coach is going to be on the hot seat the next season. There is a lot of pressure to win. And if you can't get up to speed right away, and maybe as an offensive coordinator, you don't like Justin Fields. You don't think you can win with Justin Fields at a high level. Maybe you do, but you have to have that right blend. And it's a lot of pressure to put yeah. on a guy for a one-year experiment there, potentially. it's Well, and I think the thing is, right, the expectations get higher. Which they should, right? Like the the expectations get to a point where 
listen, if you finish out this season with seven wins, eight wins would be the best case scenario, right? You go into next season saying, I'm supposed to get 12 wins. Right. Right? Like, you don't go into next season saying, yeah, you know, the goal is 10 wins. No, you go into next season saying the goal is winning the division because you've moved in the right direction. You beat the team that has clinched the division. You should have beat them twice, right? Like, it changes the expectation. So you got to be able to go out there and get the the right offensive play caller, the right offensive coordinator. Or do you feel like Luke Getze is that guy? You keep all three of these guys together, and you end up moving on from them, right? Like, there's, again, at the end of the day, I think the part that the, that is the most exciting, and no matter what side of the fence you're on with the fields conversation or the coach conversation is – that Matt or that Ryan Poles has gotten it right so often, you can almost feel confident about what's going to happen next year. Yeah, there, there's a, de- a definitely a bunch of different ways that that you can navigate this. I think, I do think though, you have to be looking at an all or nothing approach when yeah. it comes to quarterback, coordinator, and uh, head coach as well. I think the the scenario that nobody talks about is that both of them are gone because to me. I don't care who, like, I I want Justin Fields to be my quarterback of the future. If he's not my quarterback of the future and the next guy comes in, I don't want Luke Getzey coaching him. Right. Because I don't feel confident. He had a great game this week. Love the game Mm -hmm. that he's had. He's had multiple games where there's really good game plans. But there's also a lot of games where, listen, don't take my word for it. Take the Dan Orlovskis. Take the uh, the guys that have played in the league, right? Like the guys that have looked at the tape and have watched tape their whole careers, and they go, I don't know what Luke's point on this play is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like that's the part where I look at it and I say, well, if they don't know what the heck he's doing, mm-hmm. what's he really doing here? Like, right. like he's not hiding government secrets. Everybody can see the tape. Right. Yeah. This was Ian Rappaport on Saturday talking about Matt Eriflus and his future with the Chicago Bears. This was before the Falcons game on Sunday. I would be surprised as of right now if Matt Eriflus was not back for the Chicago Bears. They looked much better. He has been calling the defense. That has been impressive. They won four out of the last six, six out of the last 11. Certainly seem to be heading in the right direction. I hear nothing but positive vibes from Chicago. So positive vibes from Chicago. I mean, we've heard the the stat from Matt Eberflus a lot lately. Five and zero in the last five at home. Yeah. Um. And, and you look at this team. Like they are playing better football, right? Like they're they're five and two in their last seven. Like, and those those two games were very winnable too. It was the the loss to the Lions and the loss to the Browns. You had both of those games in your clutches, and then you let the historic nature of the game take away. And we saw the the stat yesterday on CBS, right? Like. This is a team that's blown three 10-plus point leads in the fourth quarter. It's tied for the most ever in NFL history. Yeah. So you take all of that into account. It'd be one thing if those two losses happened in the first five games of the season and then you smooth things out down the stretch. They've been perfectly spread out throughout the season. But it's like they're still happening, and two of them have happened in the last seven weeks here when you have been trending up as a team. and. it's tough for me to to see that and say to myself, you know, like that's someone that I, I have to bring back. 
I think you do your diligence here this offseason. You see what you test the waters with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. You take his temperature. Is he thinking about coming to the NFL? And that was the other piece of news from over the weekend as well that kind of went under the radar. But he hired Don Yee, the longtime agent of Tom Brady. He's Sean Payton's agent. He's one of those like mega agents in the NFL who really only takes on big time clients. Harbaugh's one of them. And I equated it yesterday on the pregame show with uh, Adam Abdallah saying that this is like when a baseball player hires Scott Boris yeah. before they enter their contract <laughs> year, right? Like, you hire this guy to go get you the best deal possible, and this guy does most of of his business within the NFL. He works with really high-profile NFL people. He just got Sean Payton back into the NFL. Is he trying to get Jim Harbaugh back into the NFL now? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that this could be a scenario very similar to what Justin Fields is, right, where – is there just somebody better out there, mm-hmm. right? It's not. It's not. Matt Eberflus has done a terrible job as head coach of the Bears. Now I do think that there are a lot of things that, to me, speak to the other side. I think there's just as many positives as there are negatives, especially um, if you take last year out of the equation. A hundred percent. Yeah. When you look at this season, right? Like, which to, it seems like they are doing. To me, starting off this season zero and four and just looking unprepared in all three of those first four games, like that was the biggest thing that I was like, wow, like we were not ready for the football season to start. Like we didn't know the dates. Like we got a game today. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Here we go. I mean, like, I, I, I didn't like that. I think that things have moved in the right direction throughout the season. I think he's held things together. But that's not what I want my head coach to do. I want my head coach to go out there and be a winner. So if I'm looking at the coaching situation and I see three games, two of which you could have won the game if you just don't, one, kick the field goal. The other one, you go into a prevent defense with four minutes to go on the clock. Yeah, and Detroit goes down and kills you in basically two minute dr- two minute drill, two times in a row. Right, like those are the mistakes to me that if you were going to move on from him because there's better out there, you know that the better won't. Like I know Jim Harbaugh won't do that. I know right. the kind of coach he is. Yeah. I, I know that Mike Tomlin won't do that. Those if you guys trade are for him, right? overly prepared. Yes. Your team is never going to be at a deficit in terms of a preparation standpoint. Yeah, and, and that's the part to me where Floos being guaranteed to be here, number one, is completely tied to him being the D.C. for me. Like they, He I, talked about that, too, in his yeah. presser. about, And again, a lot of it he left up to, well, everything's going to be evaluated at the end. I've never felt like, like a lot of times you'll see guys calling plays, it gets in the way of them being head coaches. Yeah. I don't think that's the case with a guy like Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel. They can still manage the clock and all that stuff. I don't think that's really gotten in the way for Matt Eberflus as much. See, I wonder that because the 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 moments where we haven't seen guys on the field in key moments, right? Like I, I think back, I keep talking about that Detroit game, but I think back to that, right, where Sweat and Tremaine Edmonds that's aren't fair. on the field. What, what the heck are you doing? Right. Right. Are you just not paying attention to the fact that they're not on? Montez Sweat wasn't out there for half of the drive. Tremaine Edmonds never got back out there. Right. Was there some kind of punishment happening here? And if not, do you just not know that your guys weren't on the field? For or, or are you calling plays that have them not in it? Right. Like there needs to be changes there. I think that we've seen multiple times where, you know, you kind of get to the end of the game and you go, OK, how do you not know that this guy's not a part of? And then he gets in the press conference and goes, yeah, well, we know we need to have those guys out there. We want our best players right. out there. Well, you didn't have them out there. Yeah. So those are the, those are the, things, that, the, those are the things that can be fixed, though. Right? Most of the stuff we're talking about with Flus about, you know, can he improve in, in different areas and things that he's done already, 
are things that can be fixed if he just actually adjusts to them. The one thing that I will put as a feather in his cap, we've seen him adjust. He did that four-minute prevent defense versus Detroit. Mm-hmm. For the most part, we haven't seen that again. We haven't right. seen him kind of just say, defensively, we're going to pack it in, guys. So yeah. I, I, I guess I give him a little bit of credit on that, on adjusting his game. Luke Getze, I look at completely the other way. I think it's taken way too long. 312-332-3776. If you want to join us, Jordan's in Maryville. What's up, Jordan? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, Jordan? Hey, you know what? When I when I think about this Justin Fields situation, um, I, I I don't think it's, it's it's even close. The reason why I say that, you know, I, I was looking at I was looking at something over the last twenty years. Over the last twenty years, if you look at the Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl quarterbacks, you know, there's only 11, 11 quarterbacks in the last twenty years that wasn't first round picks. Okay, and that's even skewed a little bit because you got Tom Brady. It was you know Tom Brady. Uh, was in the Super Bowl eight or nine, uh, uh, right. nine years out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So it would have been even more, it would have been a, a, even a higher number. And the reason I say that is because if you're going to if you're going to uh, 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 ultimately want to win a Super Bowl, you have to have the top prospects. You know, there's 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 not there's there's no um, uh, it's not a coincidence that over the last twenty years that. All of the quarterbacks in the, uh, was, I think I think I read something like it was only eleven quarterbacks that wasn't that played in the Super Bowl that wasn't a number one pick that, that wasn't in the, in the first round. Right. So mm-hmm. that, that shows you that if you if you have the chance to draft in the in the top the top of the draft, you need to draft if you draft in the top of the draft. And so to me, I don't ever think I think that's even close. And I think they're looking at that. They know that they can't go. Be a, a bargain basement shopping if they want to get to that next level. You know, that was just what thought, thought that I had on the guy. Yeah, thanks for the call, Jordan. Appreciate that. He's not wrong, but right, like Justin Fields is a first round pick at the top of the draft. He is. No, yeah, he yeah, is. I mean, he's a first round pick. Not, yeah, he's not wrong. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think the the conversation around Fields is what are you putting around the quarterback? And for me, right, when people bring up win losses, all that stuff, I'm like, okay, there was a tank year. We know this, right? Mm-hmm. Like. And now looking at this year, he's been pretty good this year. It's not like he's been a horrible quarterback. He just hasn't been Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been leaps and bounds better. If you sit here and you can call in and say he hasn't improved at all, okay, I don't know what tape you're watching because he's definitely improved. He definitely looks better. He definitely looks more poised in the pocket this year. Are there times where he still you know, gets a little happy feet and gets out of there too quick? Sure. Are there times where he misses reads? Sure. But it doesn't mean that he's been a bottom-of-the-barrel quarterback. And I think, right, like, to the caller's point, he's still the top guy. If you build around him, what can he do? Right. It just comes down to he's been better this year. There's no doubt about that. But has he been better enough this year? And and I look at it as you get get into the situation where eventually you have to pay him, right? And I think part of the has he gotten better enough conversation has to be, can he be good enough? Because eventually you're going to have to pay your defense and you're not going to be able to pay everybody. Right. Like pieces are going to drop off at right. a certain point. Is he good enough to bail out your defense in, in games? Because we see that with the elites of the elites in the NFL. We see that with the guys that can win Super Bowls. Is They have the ability to bail out the defense when... There isn't as much talent infused in there because you have more rookies or you have lower paid guys or you just don't have the same talent that like a Bears defense currently has. You're not going to have 
this level of defense while also paying a quarterback. No. It's just very hard because you have to basically be razor sharp on your draft hits at that point. And right now, like, has Justin Fields been good enough to bail out a defense when it isn't playing good enough? And I just don't know if we've hit that point yet. Like, yesterday... He, he was fantastic, and yesterday was an example of a performance where he's good enough to bail out a defense. Yeah. But the game against Cleveland, like, he, the defense bailed him out. The defense, I mean, you had a one-yard touchdown drive. I'm not giving you credit for a one-yard touchdown drive, yeah. right? And then the defense scored. The, you scored three points in that game offensively. And those are the types of defenses that you're going to face in the playoffs. And I need to see how you play against those defenses. See, the tough part is, right, though, like, he scored a one-yard touchdown drive, yes. But it turned into something going the other way because of poor line play, moving backwards, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they ended up, what was it? It ended up being like a, a first and ten, basically, and a miracle play by him mm-hmm. scores you that touchdown yeah. eventually. Like, I think the one thing with Fields that's always interesting, and sometimes it is on him, sometimes, of course, he holds the football too long, that's going to mm-hmm. create sack opportunities for the defense. But... When you think about this Bears offense, when you think about the games that the Bears have gone out and been able to score points and been efficient offensively, you only think about him, right? You think about him yeah. getting the ball to DJ Moore. DJ it's, not Moore like, yeah. it's not like you sit there and you're like, yeah, there's another reason that the Bears got an offensive uh, uh, boost in it. You only think about Justin Fields and DJ Moore. But I, I would say that's how a lot of offenses are in football. Like it's it's the quarterback. You always think about the quarterback. There's a reason why. It's because it is the most important position in all of sports. And I'm not saying like, oh, with the the Eagles, you don't think about AJ Brown and Devontae. Like you do, but it all boils down to okay, what did Jalen Hurts do? I think the only other team I can really think of right now where you don't think about it that way. Um, I would go the Niners and the Dolphins. Now, I was going to say those are those are the two right now. Where yeah, you don't. But think even Brock about, Purdy, like I, I know yeah. he had the clunker against the, the Ravens, <laughs> but like he's been damn good this year. He's been he's definitely been good. I'm not going to say he hasn't been good. Like I, I just I think that Thayer asked me and Shay this when he was on with us. I want to say it was Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. He said, "What's the Bears' offensive identity?" And I it's, it's Justin Fields. Like the whole offensive identity, and even yesterday at times, right? There were a couple times where it's like. You get in that third and eight situation, and it's just like, just save us. Play hero ball. Play miracle ball. Play, you know what I mean? Like, and sometimes he's able to make the miracle plays. Sometimes he's not. And when he's not able to make the miracle plays, we're sitting there looking at him like, oh, he's not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that that to me, I don't want my quarterback to have to make miracle plays. I don't want my quarterback to have to go out there week in and week out and say, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the only option we got for any offense this week. So here we go. I think... When it comes to fields, and, and one of the callers brought this up, like, listen, he makes plays that literally him and him alone can only make. Yeah, that right? breakout like, yesterday, I, I don't believe Lamar could do that because right. I don't know if he's strong enough. Right, and, and that's the thing is he's got the speed of Lamar, but he's got the strength of like Jalen Hurts and Josh, Josh Allen, Allen yeah. because he's built that way, and that's why he's so unique, and, and he does have these plays that are literal one-of-one one plays yeah. that are being made at the quarterback position. But he also makes plays that not just 32, but like probably 38 other quarterbacks in the NFL <laughs> yeah. make, and he doesn't make. Yeah. And now it's like that's the tug of war that every Bears fan plays with mentally right now because there is like if you put together only his highlights, it's so good. Like it, it looks like it is one of the seven best. Um, he looks like he's one of the seven best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. 
but there's all the other stuff that you don't see. And it's, it's part of the evaluation package that Ryan Poles is working with here yeah. because Ryan Poles, he's going to be doing research on all the quarterback prospects that are coming in. He's also going to be taking a step back and reviewing everything that he's seen about Justin Fields. So it's, it's a tough exercise, but that's why Ryan Poles has the job that he has is because he's the one and it's like almost every other general manager in football, a lot of your legacy and a lot of your tenure comes down to, can you get the quarterback right? And Ryan Poles knows that. He said that as much on yeah. the pregame show with Joniak and all that stuff. Yeah, and I, I don't think that he's, to me, I think that his decision is probably made on the quarterback where he's going to go one way or the other, even though he's not going to tell us that, right? Um and it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what direction he goes with it because I, I've said this on the post-post game show where this is the first decision where we kind of get to see kind of how Ryan Poles thinks, right? Because the player guy, the guy that's going to be the, I'm here for the players, I'm in it for the mm-hmm. players, all of that, he's going to be the guy that probably keeps Justin Fields around. You continue to build with the players you have. You, you add more players to this, you keep going. The business guy... Mm-hmm. Is going to be like, no, you move on from Justin Fields. It's a no-brainer. You go take the draft capital. We're going to use uh, 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 the first pick on a quarterback. We're going to get out of here. We've kind of seen both of these. This is the biggest decision where we're going to really see how yeah. he thinks. On and this. you know, I think the one thing we've learned about Ryan Poles, everything for him comes down to value. Yes. Right? Like, think about... Some of the signings he's made this yeah. offseason and some of the signings he didn't some make. Some signings this he off- won't make. Right. Like <laughs> TJ Edwards, value. Oh my God. Brought, and, and boy, he's, he's paid value, for himself, man. it feels like at this point. Um, it you hits think hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even making the trade last year, it, it all comes down to what kind of value he's. I don't want to say he's a bargain bin shopper because I don't think that's what he is. Yeah. But, and because he's not afraid to take a big swing on like a clay pool. Um, but he knows how to go out and try to recoup, and he's not afraid to cut bait early on certain situations as well. I think everything with him comes down to value. He didn't sign Roquan Smith because he saw value in getting two players for the price of one yeah. that, honestly, like the Bears are better off in the situation that they are. And quite frankly, the Ravens are too. Yeah. But both sides won the, the split between the Bears and, and Roquan Smith, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you take swings, sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. And I think that that's, right, with Roquan, everybody's like, oh, my God, how could you ever do that? Why mm-hmm. would you move on? And it's not, it, I don't think that it was ever Roquan was a bad player. No. I think that it was always, I don't feel like us spending that money for you in this defense is going to put us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You got two players for the price of one, two players that once you added frontline pressure, and it's, it's the thing that Yurko said when we were on the Chicago Bears podcast. He said, you built it with linebackers first, and you don't have defensive line pressure. These linebackers are going to be fighting for their lives. Until we got Montez Sweat, guess what? TJ Edwards and, and mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds were not as effective. They were fighting for their lives on every play, trying to add pressure, trying to get pressure on the quarterback, different things. You bring in Montez Sweat, you add that pressure. Now we're seeing these guys flourish. Now we're mm-hmm. seeing them really come out and show out. Now we're seeing Bears are first in the NFL in, take, in interceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of that's been done since Montez Sweat got it. here. Yeah, you know I mean, like, uh-huh. the, so you see the the jump in production that they take. And yeah, you have seen Ryan Pohl swing and miss with a Chase Claypool. And I don't think he's bargain bin shopping because he wasn't scared. Like, a Chase Claypool 
failed trade would scare a lot of teams away. Yeah, especially at the price that he paid for yeah, a, Claypool, a second, second round rounder. Pick. Yeah. Poles is back in. Double down. Second round pick. Let me get yeah. Montez sweat up off of you. My, Michael Lombardi's losing his mind. How could you ever? <laughs> Punch in air. Oh, my God. And then he's immediately great. Yeah, I mean? Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I like I, I trust Ryan Poles. And I think with all the decisions that we got moving forward, he's following his plan, whatever his plan is. I think that we're in a really good situation. Yep. He's Pat the Designer. I'm Tyler Rocky. We're in for Waddle and Sylvie. We'll take more of your Bears calls when we come back. 312-332-3776. How do you feel about the coach? How do you feel about the quarterback? And let's throw in the coordinator as well. What is the right mix for how this Bears team progresses moving forward. We'll take more of your calls when we come back in for Waddle and Sylvie. The the afternoon drive is easier with Waddle and Sylvie. Chill out. They're coming right back. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Taking your Bears calls here, Tyler Rocky and Pat the Designer in for Waddle and Sylvie. It'll be Waddle and Jesse, or rather Sylvie and Jesse, in tomorrow from 2 to 6. Don't forget, we are leading you in to the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Michigan. And then the other game of the college football playoff, Texas and Washington at 8 o'clock here, right here on ESPN 1000. Also on the ESPN Chicago app. Download that app if you don't have it already. James is in Gurney. What's up, James? James! Man, boy, so wow. Here we go, man. What a to see. Okay, let's put it in perspective, man. Just like... You keep flu. You keep Justin. You keep Flus, and you keep Getzi. You're going to install another offense with this kid, and then there's an excuse there. Now, if you keep Flus, who has two, two head, two assistant coaches that they hand in the cookie jar, but they forgot to put their pants on. So now, on top of that, now you got Flus. If you're going to keep Flus, you get rid of Flus. Now you got to fire a head coach that has the same defensive philosophy. It's kind of a mess. So in my, not it's a good, it's a really good situation having because they're progressing in the right way. Now, number one, do you keep number one? You get rid of them? Well. You got twelve and thirteen polls doing a really terrible and Claypool's gone as wide receiver. Twelve and thirteen can't catch. That kid's dropped potentially three touchdowns in the last in the last four weeks. That yeah. kid can't catch. So there's my point is if you're gonna keep Justin, you gotta keep Getsy and Flus. So you gotta keep the whole thing in there because you're gonna steal a new offense and there's another excuse. But now you have the first pick. Can you pass up another potential that's a really tough decision as well as as a really good place we're in I, I i can't tell you the answer i personally th- i was called a hater yesterday i personally think that justin's a great athlete he has gotten better but he still holds the ball too long you don't process in the in the tough moments as well as i would like him to in year three or four but maybe that's because of the naggy situation i mean everyone's talking about uh, you look at patrick mahomes with a bunch of twos and threes he's starting to look a little bit normal so there dude there's this is not an easy decision as awesome as the place we are in we're in a tough situation too as well because this is not an easy decision but if you're going to draft a new quarterback you got to change everything if you're going to keep justin you keep it the same yeah. and is that the right thing to do so that's all i got it's it's awesome and it's really confusing at the same yeah. time so i love you guys and uh happy new year happy new year james appreciate the phone call there i love that you said that though because it, think about the quarterback conversations we've had in this town do we want to yeah. keep mitch or play andy Dalton? Mm-hmm. 
Do we want to like, like keep Mitch or <laughs> play Nick Foles? You know what I mean? Like, like think about the like. It is a really confusing situation, but this has got to be one of the best quarterback conversations we've ever had in this city. It's it's one where there's payoff in both sides. Yes. Like before, it was uh, if you went to Nick Foles, like how long can you ride the the Nick Foles magic ride? Right? Like yeah. how long can you you theoretically go on with? With Mitch, how long can you theoretically go on with a lot of these other guys? The yeah. Josh versus Jay conversation, all of those, yeah. like it, it got it's nauseating. And like this one, at least you can see a bright spot in both in scenarios. Both, yeah. yeah, if you keep Fields, he keeps developing here. You feel you feel like he's got raw talent that maybe needs to be developed, and you feel like there's enough talent that has been developed that you feel good moving forward. If you don't keep Justin. You got an entirely new uh, new quarterback coming in that, that brings its own hopes and, and new potentials. Yep. You know what I mean? Steve is in Kansas City listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Steve? Steve. Hey, Happy New Year to you guys. Uh, happy New Year. For, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Steve. Um, I've called in the uh, you know the post-game show and the post-post-game show so many times, and uh, <laughs> I've kind of resort to the fact that, uh, you know, Matt Eberflus is, um, you know, coming back uh, next year. And one of the biggest problems that I've had, and this is something that, you know, still bothers me to this state is the, and, and I talked to, the, to you guys about this on the post game show, is that the amount of uh, criticism that Eberflus lays out on his players for execution part. And that kind of tells me that he does not have the, the leadership skills that, you know, Sylvie was voicing his displeasure about evil flus throughout the season and i don't know how much of a person can change in one season you know when 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 they tell you when you see who they are you but you better believe them i know there was a saying by maya angelo um and i and i've seen enough press conferences to believe that uh matt evil is the kind of person who doesn't take responsibility none whatsoever Mm. And and I know we're winning, and I, and I understand that uh, you know things are going in the right direction. But I wonder, you know, next year if we bring him back, just wondering if things doesn't go the way we want the team to be, even with the all the, you know, even if we draft Marvin Harrison Jr., get a new center and another pass rusher, if we have the same head coach who doesn't seem to understand that he is more accountable than he should be. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, thanks for the call, Steve. You know, the accountability thing with Eberflus is one of those. You never hear him point the thumb. You don't see him point the finger, but he's not pointing the thumb at himself for, like... The first time he did it was that Justin Jones play. Yeah, and and it took him how long? I I mean, and I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like he was kind of bullied into that. Like, I've said this... I was like, it's insane to me that he doesn't kind of go out there and say that's my bad until mm-hmm. the week before Dan Campbell's able to come out and I say that's gonna my bring bad. That up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now it's like, oh well Dan did it so I can do it. Yeah, I mean like I, I get I get what he's saying with that. Yeah. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. A lot of people want to talk bears with us. Kyle's in Downers Grove. What's up Kyle? Hey guys, I uh I think it really just comes down to maturity. When you think about a quarterback, you want that to be a leader of men. And Justin Fields kind of carries himself with, like, that Jalen Hurts-style stoic leadership. 
and he was able to get this whole locker room rallying behind him. And on the flip side, you have Caleb Williams liking tweets about the Bears picking someone other than himself um, with their number one overall draft pick. I find it hard to believe that a guy like that could get veterans to rally around him. And, uh, you know, I think if we were to use that pick on someone like Marvin Harrison Jr., then, you know, Luke Gessie or not, that offense is going to be able to score a touchdown. So I appreciate the time. I know what you guys think. Yeah, th- thanks for the call there, Kyle. I would say this about that. Justin Fields is one of the best leaders I've seen in this city in a yeah. long time. Like, How much value does that place? And, and that's, that's another part of the interesting yeah. decision that Poles has because it seems like that locker room is fully rallied around him. And the other thing I would say to, to what Kyle was saying there, though, is I'm not not drafting a quarterback based off of a tweet that they like yeah, no. about football. That was like, like somebody <laughs> called in when me and Shay were hosting, and they mm-hmm. were like, uh... He, he he quoted like I guess Caleb Williams quoted a, a oh he quoted Jay Z when oh, he yeah, said I'm pin, not a businessman I'm a yeah. businessman mm-hmm. he's yeah. like I, I just I don't know about that. I was like I, I think that's a feather in his cap if I'm being honest like yeah. he listens to Jay Z this guy's he knows Paul <laughs> he knows Paul <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean this guy knows Paul yeah, yeah I mean listen he's got 99 problems and but <laughs> but I just I don't know like I I'm not off of Caleb Williams because of his tweets or yeah. liked tweets or like they're mm-hmm. right. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. liked a tweet about the DJ, about DJ Moore, Moore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going mm-hmm. off and now everybody's, he wants to be a bear. It's like, yeah. I, he just knows no. DJ Moore yeah. and he, like, he liked more, that he did well. Like there's more to all of these stories <laughs> that people, and, and then like, Caleb sometimes goes, you mindlessly scroll through Twitter. Right? Right. Am I sometimes, the only one that does that? Sometimes you <laughs> fat thumb one, right? Like <laughs> it happens. It happens. Sometimes you fat thumb one. That's gotta be a clip right there. That's, <laughs> Sometimes you got to, man. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not judging that. Listen, you're going to have the draft and the combine and the pro days. You're going to get to know the kid. You're going to get to talk to other people yeah. who have interacted with him. And you're going to get to make a decision off of that. It sounds like Michael Wilbon's on the station every single week. And he's told you that a lot of this noise out there about Caleb and his character isn't all that true. And he knows... Caleb, he knows the family very well. His son went to the same high school as Caleb. Yeah. Like, it, all of that stuff is a lot of noise surrounding Caleb. But who knows? Maybe y- you go through your interview process and you find, oh, there is some credence to a lot of the noise that is out there about Caleb and his character. I don't think there's any character issues around Justin. You obviously have had him in your building. Yeah. You know what he's all about. That, I don't think, is an issue at all that you're going to run into. It, it's ultimately going to come down to the football side of things. Like, how do you think Caleb is a better prospect than what you've got currently in your building? Do you, same goes with Drake May. Same goes with Jaden Daniels. Yeah, that's what it comes down like, to. It, all of it, if you think there is a better quarterback prospect out there, you have to take it. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. It's going to come down to evaluation. And here's the thing. Ryan Poe's doing a lot of good things. You better be right. Yeah. <laughs> you better right. be right. Like, if you pick Justin, you better be right. And I think you get it. I think the, the, you get a little bit more life. If you pick mm-hmm. Justin and it works out, or it, and and you know you get more time and different things like that, I think if you make a draft pick with that first overall pick, knowing that you could have yet again traded it for another haul, you you got to be right. You got to know that Caleb Williams is going to step in mm-hmm. in this team and he's going to propel you in the right direction, and it's going to look night and day better than Justin Fields did because you have somebody in the building right now that it feels like if you continue to build around him that the team will continue to get better, not worse. Listen, think about it too. If this team had C.J. Stroud right now, probably talking about a playoff team. 
right? The way that he's been playing down in Houston and the way that this defense has sort of rallied. It, it depends on who's calling the plays, though. Like that's 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 it what does. it is for me. You know what I mean? Like does because I look at that Detroit game and I look in the second half and Justin Fields throws one pass. But is CJ yeah, Stroud I mean, making some of the plays that Justin is? Are, are you could be tailoring the the playbook differently because there's things CJ Stroud can do. Yeah. There's things CJ Stroud can't do that Justin can do. Like if you get it right with the quarterback position, that can be a playoff team in year one. And, yeah. It certainly can. You, yeah, you you got to find that guy that fits, and that's why I say right. Like you have to find a guy that has the system ready to go. You also have to find the guy that works well with the quarterback that you have. Yep. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Marcus in Minneapolis, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Marcus? Hey man, uh, callers are making some good points today, um, and I want to say. Um, uh, you were cooking the other day um, with when you were on the um, on the line with Shay when you did the oh. show with Shay. <laughs> yeah, um, me and Shay got a little he got a little heated in here with it with Shay. Little heated. Z, Z, Z was in the back a little nervous. Yeah, and it, 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 the thing I, the thing that I don't understand is that 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 gets me is hey I'm in the middle I can see the way um, but when people they're, they're dug into their opinion on one side or the other they just. It, they exaggerate every point. Like the caller earlier that called and, and was seeing all of uh, Caleb Williams is five and left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. It, it, the, the nonsense just comes. It's like it, it's a tough decision, guys. It's not an easy decision. Like it's so many variables. Like so many things will be figured out. Like you said, Tyler, in the interview process with Caleb Williams, it's, we don't know who he is as a person. All of that stuff can matter into the evaluation of picking him or not. Um, and I think also it feels. Fields has to be showing us something for us to even be having this conversation because if he was playing like the guy in uh, what's the Jets quarterback? Oh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. If he's playing like Zach Wilson, this wouldn't even be a conversation. So we're obviously seeing something that says it's something there that maybe just hasn't been unlocked yet, but we're questioning it for a reason. Um, we're debating taking Caleb Wilson for a reason. Um, yeah, right. This is this but, is a very different situation. That's why I said this is the best thanks, quarterback conversation we've had. Yeah, and again, it's not always the, the conversation isn't just about Justin Fields. Yeah, it's, it's about, about team construction yeah. and everything. Like I mean, we could even do this exercise at some point. Like how many teams in the NFL would be drafting a quarterback if they were in the Bears situation right yeah. now? Given what they currently have on their team, but three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to talk Bears, Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus, all those futures. Bears coming off a big win against the Atlanta Falcons, unfortunately eliminated from the playoffs. But you do have a chance to bump the Packers next week up in their house on Sunday, three twenty five kickoff. Uh, a little less than a week from today, we'll talk about more of, the, of that when we come back. Tyler Rocky, Pat, the designer, in for Waddle and Sylvie. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Ah, commuting in Chicago. Ah, if you're stuck, stick with Waddle and Sylvie. Weekdays 2 to 6. ESPN 1000, Tyler Rocky and Pat the Designer in 
for Waddle and Sylvie today. I, I do want to get one thing on the record here. Shay always goes full government name with you when yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I pat the designer. I, I appreciate I like it. it. I like the way it just flows off the tongue there. Like you said the whole thing like a tribe called Quest. Right there. <laughs> right, exactly. No, no I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, Shay, when he did it, it was hilarious. He was like, uh, Pat Morenzoni. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's fine, Shay. That's my name. Like, <laughs> yeah. People know who I am. It's, it's okay. It's great. I love it. 312-332-3776. If you want to join us here talking Bears, talking Justin Fields, all of the different variables now that go into the future of the Chicago Bears. Let's check in with Ken. He's in Oak Brook. What's up, Ken? Yeah, hey, hey, John, I got a question for you. Yeah. Who who was the Bears' uh, uh, primary receiver in 2022? The number one. I guess Darnell Mooney Darnell until Mooney. he got hurt. Yeah. Okay, are you familiar with his stats last year until he got hurt at, towards the end of the season? He wasn't good. No, I mean, Darnell Mooney, yards. one of the things about Mooney is he's his numbers are never as good as you actually think they are. That is true. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, last season before he got hurt, he had a total of, and I think he got hurt with, what, four games left in the season, something like that. Uh, he had a total of 493 yards mm-hmm. yeah. last season. Yeah. All right, so... Nobody was close to being a thousand yard receiver. Now, however, the prior season he had eleven hundred yards. Okay, mm-hmm. with Matt Nagy. Yeah, my, uh, so then we go back and we take a look at the entire Bears receiving core of twenty twenty two. Yeah, there not one receiver had over five hundred yards. Yeah. It, do you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are aware. Uh, that uh, the Bears had the worst separation ratio in the NFL last season, correct? Well, that that's a very, I think, flawed stat if you're going off of it because your separation can be a quarterback issue too. I, 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 you know what? I've been a Bears fan since 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, played that game for a while. Uh, and I, I watched. And one of the things I do is I focus on positions. You know, I was a corner, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things I focus on positions. I, you know, because when you're looking at that game, it's just not, um, you know, uh, every man has to do or play his assignment. Yeah, and if he doesn't, uh, you know, the average fan doesn't understand. One guy can break down, and it's six points, or it's a, it's a, an extension of a drive. So. When you take a look at, I want to go back to the receiving core, and it, it, it correlates to Justin Fields. You take a look at the receiving core of 2022. You had castaways from the entire NFL. Right. Mm-hmm. Smith, Marset, uh, Pringle, Pettis. Yeah. Uh, you had, uh, and then Vailas Jones, and we know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And the only thing that was consistent last season was the emergence, which was his emergence, of Cole Komet. And mm-hmm. thank God he finally showed up on the map. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and I'm sure that had to do with a naggy uh, previous uh, year not scheming him in correctly because the guy, he, he, he did things, and I liked him when he was at Notre Dame. So where I'm going to go now is fast forward. This year, who was our primary receiver? DJ Moore. Okay, polls got him in a draft, correct? Well, got him traded for him. Yeah, he yeah. traded for him during the draft. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, he got he got him in a trade mm-hmm. uh, because of the draft. 
you take him away and Poles working his magic, who do we have as a primary receiver? Cole Komet. That's Cole pretty Komet much and it. Darnell Mooney again. <laughs> yeah, yeah running it back. Mooney again. And, and, and here's the thing. And I know you guys, if you're watching the games, and trust me, I, I've never missed a Bears game, ever. Let me tell you, Darnell Mooney doesn't contend for balls. But you see DJ Moore contend for everything. Now, am I not mistaken about this? You're no, not. I, and, and I think Ken, you're on point there, Ken. Thanks for the phone Appreciate call. The, phone. I, the other thing I would say, too, is like how many times has Darnell Mooney missed when he's open, too? And yeah. that's something that Troy Aikman's pointed out on yeah. games. Waddle's pointed out a number of times here. Like it, It's weird because it seemed like they had the best chemistry the last two seasons. But then where has that gone this year? And that's part of why people, I think, were excited for Darnell Mooney yeah. this year. It's very clear that uh, here's one thing that if it's a flaw, it's a flaw, but it is what it is, right? With Justin Fields is, with Justin Fields, it's not one, two, three. He's not going through his reads, right? Mm-hmm. One is DJ Moore, two is Cole Komet, mm-hmm. three is Justin Fields. Yeah. Maybe the running back, but for mm-hmm. the most part, three is Justin Fields. When you look at a situation like that, that is a flaw in a sense because you're looking here, you're looking here, and then you're either taking off or you're not. That causes you to miss guys. That causes you to miss guys on the other side. That means you're not going through all of your reads, whatever it is. The thing for me with Mooney as well, though, is how they have schemed him into this game, very much like how Cole Komet has emerged. My God, I think we saw Darnell Mooney run, run one slant. Yeah. Uh, this entire season. I mean, we, we haven't seen we a haven't lot of over-the-middle any anybody, really. You know a little I mean? DJ Moore, but that's it. We saw DJ Moore yesterday. Mm-hmm. A slant. What, I was like, oh my God, he ran a slant. Like, I thought yeah. he was allergic to him. Like, Luke Getz's short passing game is the screen game. His short mm-hmm. passing game is to get it done in the backfield, get some blocking, be able to get upfield. That, that's a lot of times Darnell Mooney's job on that play there. So, like... I think that when you look at how Mooney has been utilized in this offensive scheme, there's also some of it to that point where you go, eh, well, I can see why he's falling off. Yep. 312-332-3776. When we come back, let's get into that conversation, too, about how many teams, if they were in the Bears situation, would move on from their current quarterback. We'll do that. Also take more of your Bears calls when we come back. Tyler Rocky, Pat the Designer, in for Waddle and Sylvie. This is Waddle and Sylvie. On ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.